listening to Nats Talk on the go, the longest running Washington Nationals podcast going today with your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Hey there, Craig. How's it going? Oh, hey, Joe. I'm fantastic. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty all right, I, I must say. Uh, sorry if you, again, you were listening for the delay technical difficulties uh i'll tell you as a as a technical person there's nothing on earth that make earth that makes me more angry than when something technical that's supposed to work does not work yeah it's pretty fun because as an untechnical person you just kind of sit back and try not to make the technical person angry with your laughing well the (laughs) the worst part is for me is like i you know you are much more even keeled than me a little bit it makes me kind of violently angry when things aren't working. So uh, my this all is a uh, unfortunate <laughs> thing that my main computer is in the hospital. Uh, so I am on a backup computer with a an, an, not not an, a, a system that I've never done a podcast on before. So if my audio uh, levels are off, I do apologize because I am currently working on a system I've never done this on before. Also, yeah, it's pretty good. Also, I'm sick. Uh, so uh, wow. my voice sounds bad. Smallest uh, violin in the world playing the saddest song just for Joe right now. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. My Basically, what I'm saying is my life is a nightmare, and, you know, that's pretty much it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm, it's, been so, it's been a good day. Uh, I just, you know, I'm in a good mood. I'm really excited. I've been excited for the show for quite some time. And really? I, I, I was unaware if either of us are excited about the show. It's, I don't think any of our listeners are excited about it, though. Which I, I don't think was we've weird. even mentioned it. <laughs> no. I don't think we've talked about this episode. I, I, I'm wondering what the deal is, you know? Yeah, it's going to be a, it's, it's gonna be fine or whatever. And I just remembered we're doing predictions, and I totally did my predictions in advance. Oh, yeah. No, I, that's going to be winging it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, wing and a prayer. <laughs> we are getting yelled at for not spilling the beans. Uh, so we don't have anything interesting to talk about, though. So let's talk about baseball. Ah, that's fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess rather than than delay any further, delay any further. Let's uh, let's make some announcements. All right. So wait, hold uh, on, hold on. Let's make some announcements. If people after we're done with the announcements, like hang out for a while. Yeah. Because, well, you know, don't, don't be that guy that, like, you, you hear the band you want to hear at a concert and then you leave. That's not cool. Yeah. So. I, I've, we've heard some really good bands, like, that we didn't intend to hear. Exactly. Exactly. So, the, base, the baseball talk is the headliner in this show. Don't forget about that. Okay. Also, if so, you're listening and you haven't gotten in baseball questions, you should do that. We didn't ask for those. Oh, yes. Please get in your questions. All of them. Um, so, without further ado, uh, we've said time and time again since this show began five years ago, that we really would not be doing this without you guys listening, without all of your support. Um, Our show really depends on you. And like we just asked for your comments, your questions, uh, which are always just fantastic. The past few months, we've had a lot of changes on the show. Uh, I think you've seen, you know, we've had a dedicated Twitter account now. Uh, we have a design czar in the wonderful fake FP, custom-made intro and outros, and our own website, natstalkonthego.com. Now it's time to add two more pieces 
to our little merry band? So first, uh, we have a merchandise shop. Michelle, you are welcome. Uh, we have been asked by many people, but Michelle has been hounding for a while. Uh, it's going to be full of NTOTG re- branded swag featuring awesome logos from the wonderful Kurt Fake FP on Twitter. Uh, there are a bunch of t-shirt options up on the store now. Uh, and if there's a design or an item or something that you want to see on the store that's not, or if you want a design to be adjusted because you think something looks cool, let us know. Uh, and we'll make our best effort to make it happen to you. We want us the store to be uh, something that you like with things that you want to buy. We don't want to limit your options there. Uh, so if you want something more, let me know. Uh, also, if you want, you know, more than just the t-shirts that are up there, like maybe something exclusive and special edition like Craig? Uh, first off, to get those shirts you're looking for, uh, first off, you're, you're just going to have to wait till we tell you. So just mm-hmm. calm down just one second. Uh, and in addition to this wonderful merchandise shop we set up, we present our supporters club. Nat's Talk on the Go, Special Ops. The Ops, of course, Special Ops is, you know, the elite military-style group. Ops also is going to stand for Outstanding Podcast Supporter. And, of course, On Base Plus Slugging, because we are a dorky baseball show. So, NTOGG Special Ops. Annual members of Nat's Talk on the Go, Special Ops, will receive a custom t-shirt specifically designed by our wonderful designs are and there will be a new design for every single baseball season it's going to show that a you're a little bit crazy and b that you're a top tier supporter of our show why are we doing this well because we love you guys and we really appreciate how much you do for our show also there is the business side of things uh as we've grown new servers more storage space more time spent editing and preparing our show has meant more money coming out of our wallets which we've been more than happy to do uh but by buying a shirt or becoming a uh special ops member you'll be helping with the continued growth of this podcast that you've been listening to uh and we would really appreciate it uh we really appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Uh, so we'd sim- but before re- releasing the financial details and before you can go to where you're going, we want to say clearly, we do not intend to make a profit on this show. Uh, we simply, we'd simply like some help paying our bills while we continue to provide the, this baseball talkie, whatever this is that you've listened to for the, some of you for the last five years. Uh, and so on that note of not wanting to make a profit, uh, at this time, we do bring, uh, if we do bring in more than it costs to run the podcast in a year, we'll donate any extra money to the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy because simply they are awesome. Uh, and we want to help them out in any way that we can. Wait, what, what's that you say? This pitch worked and you want to give us a bunch of your money? Well, thank you. Here's how you can do that. You can become a special ops member by contributing $5 per month with a one-year commitment for a one-time $50 contribution. So for roughly the cost of a fancy cup of coffee a month, you can help our show get better and continue to grow. We know that not everyone out there is going to be able to contribute that much. Really, anything you could do is amazing and would be wonderful. There's an option on our website to give any amount that you can. And if you aren't able to contribute financially at all, that's fine. That's okay. 
please, at the very least, head over to iTunes, give us a rating. It's going to help get our show out there so we can grow this wonderful band of weirdos that we love so very, very much. We do plan on offering more benefits in the future for our special ops members, uh, including the possibility of a private podcast with different content only for special ops members. But if you have any thoughts on what you would like to see, uh, those of you looking to join special ops, anyone like that, uh, we are of course open to suggestions. Please hit us up on Twitter at Nats Talk on the Go, or you could send me an email, uh, Joe at the natsblog.com and maybe with uh, all the additional support you guys give, we'll actually be able to get our own email address rather than riding on the laurels of the Nats Blog. So for details on the merchandise store. And for joining NCOGG Special Ops, head over to natstalkonthego.com. On the top right, you'll see links to the Special Ops Supporters Club, which is a, an FAQ that Craig and I put together, um, mostly Craig, really, uh, with some links so you can pay for uh, the Special Ops Supporter Club subscription through PayPal. And uh, don't and then- worry about PayPal. If you want to do the $5 a month PayPal takes care of all that. You don't have to worry about paying it every single month. They've already got it on lockdown. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then there's the store link there that will take you directly to the sp- Spreadshirt site. That we, I put about 40 items up there, so uh, I'm sure there will be other combinations of things that people want. So uh, let us know if you're not satisfied with what's up there. And finally, before we get to the point of the show, uh, Thank you all. We love the community that we built through this show. You guys are the reason that we do it. You know, it's great for Craig and I to talk about baseball uh, every week, cause, but we do that anyway. But we love interacting with, you know, all of you guys who we get to talk to at the ballpark or on Twitter or everything else. Uh, we'd be nothing without you guys. So thank you for your constant support. We really appreciate it. Uh, and that's it, I think. Yeah. That's right, pretty cool. much, uh, that's pretty much what we got. So, um, Big, uh, big announcement. I mean, we've got a store. Yeah, we have we have shirts that you can have and wear and buy and look fresh to death in with our amazing logos. And I think that's pretty cool in itself. But uh, I'm really excited that, you know, this wonderful group of people that we've gotten to know through this show and through baseball we can all have a group we can call our own a little bit uh, supporters about the podcast and. Uh, just help us grow and get in on the ground level. I think that's just really, really cool. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this group and where we can take it all. So. Yeah, I I completely agree. I am, uh, I am super excited about it. And I think that, um, I think that we can grow this to big places on that note. I want to do just a quick shout out once again, thank you to Kurt. Um, for designing the awesome logos, the main logo logo for our show, and all the logos that you see on all the t-shirts. Um, all the t-shirts do have hashtag NTOTG on the sleeve. Um, so that's that's a fun little thing. But um, without hashtag Kurt, branding. Yeah, and without but without Kurt, none of the branding would be possible at all. Uh, so we really, really do appreciate it. And while we're at it, thanks to Josh and the Crimson Electric for doing our awesome intro and outro music uh, because having that definitely legitimizes you a, a, as a podcast on, on iTunes and everywhere else. So, uh, and he did that without anybody even asking, he just kind of sent it to us and it was awesome from the start. So uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the fans and that's what we want our show to be about all about the fans, uh, all about the fan support. And we're excited that if we do hit a number where we could actually cover, fully cover our costs, which would be incredible um, that we can help an awesome organization like the national youth baseball Academy. 
Uh, I believe that people already have some questions for you about the show, about the signing up. Where are the questions? I don't even see them. On the Twitter. Uh, is the link not, is the website not up? I don't know. Well, let's, uh, while we're dealing with technical difficulties, let's have a couple of more. Yeah. Um, but we can, I can talk baseball while Do we're it. doing some technical things. Um, yeah, because like I said, the reason we're here is baseball. Uh, the Nationals finished up spring training absolutely routing the New York Metropolitans today. I want to say the final score was 12 to 1. 12 to 1. And if anyone gets that reference out there, please tweet me uh, and tweet the show at Craig Mack and at Nats Talk on the Go. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, it was a bullpen day. There's been a lot of rainouts, but uh, the nationally, the Nationals, I believe, are the Grapefruit League champions, which we posited on last week. Uh, there is no trophy, uh, which I found out, which is really sad because I really think that there should be some sort of trophy. I mean, I guess their trophy is we get to talk about it on the show. I mean, what more could anyone really want, Joe? No kidding, Craig. It, the fact that there is not a, a bowl full of grapefru- grapefruits is just the, the saddest of sads for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like the store link is going to... Okay, the store link, for those of you who are asking, should be correct now. You should be able to go to hit the store link, and it's not going to go to the main page. Sorry about that if you were having issues. For, that was a weird thing. We're good. It's fine. www.natstalkonthego.com. It's beautiful. Yes. It's it's a site that you know could use some design love, but I put it together, and so that's the way it is. So, yeah, uh, Nats finished up Grapefruit League Action just fantastically. Um, there was hitting. There was... Uh, bullpen pitching. There was just wonder and amazement and joy. Um, but now we get to the real part, and that's the regular season, which is where the magic is actually going to happen and what we've been waiting for for the last, I don't know, since October. Um, so, yeah, it's baseball time, Joe. Well, it's baseball time, and what the thing I want to ask you basically coming in is, do you think that winning the Grapefruit League means anything? Is there anything to be gleaned from that? No. Okay, good. I don't think there is a single thing that means absolutely anything about Grapefruit League except for that everyone appears to be healthy. That's the main thing. Yeah, well, th- that's the the way that I was going to go with that. The fact that they were at the top of the uh, that they were at the top of the league and everything is great, and the fact that the Mets were, I think, seven and sixteen on the uh, in the in the Grapefruit League is also great, but. I don't think that that means anything. I don't think that means anything except for the fact that that's how they were when guys were working on stuff and how, while they were trying to get timing, the the things that I will glean from not the record, but just from spring is this Um, today, Jason worth turned around a Matt Harvey fastball and 95 mile an hour fastball and, and put it into left field seats on a, on a rocket. And that was really awesome to see. Um, and, Ryan Zimmerman's swing looks awesome, and both of those guys are healthy going going north with the team by all accounts, and that is awesome. Um, that is a, that to me is the big thing, not the record, but those two guys, and then the rest of the core of the team being healthy, and Dusty Baker doing with the team what he's doing as far as confidence and everything else. It's awesome. 
I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's it's great. Everyone's healthy. It seems like um, things are in the right directions, and it seems like the team is gelling a little bit. It seems like there's a nice camaraderie level that wasn't there last year. I mean, at all, right? I mean, that that's that's the one thing that I think is going to plague Matt, Matt Williams going forward is just like that by the book camaraderie, you know, not camaraderie, but just this is how we're going to do things. And I don't care if you like me type mentality and obviously didn't go quite so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So other, other things from spring training, because uh, the spring training uh, or the grapefruit league is over, but the nationals do uh, this upcoming weekend have a, have a couple of games, uh, exhibition games against the twins at home. So anything else about spring training from, from our list of stuff that we want to be talking about? Yeah, I think um, maybe we should mention that they're done in Vieira. Yeah, that, that's kind of a weird thing, right? Yes. So you could, there's a lot of things to be said about Vieira. Vieira's in the middle of nowhere. Yes. It's hard to get to. It's not good for the players. But fans have come to become accustomed to it over the last 12 years. Yeah, it seems like DC-based folk uh, are a little bit quirky. Yeah, sure. Um, and they like things just a little bit differently. Um, and so I think the fans have really taken to the fact that Vieira is a strange little pop-up town that's been around 20 years or so that really is just strange. <laughs> I mean, like you said, there's really nothing around. Melbourne is 20, 25 minutes away, and that's really the next closest thing. So uh, it seems like it's one of those things no one can make fun of my little brother but me. Like, you, you, you we love Vieira. Yeah. From yeah. an outsider's perspective, it's super strange. Well, when you go there, it's, you know, it's not a good ballpark experience. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's, it's a perfectly fine spring training site. Don't get me wrong. But it is not like the, you know, when you're looking for a modern ballpark, you know, Space Coast Stadium doesn't check the boxes uh, of even a spring training modern ballpark. So um, the fact that it's on the Space Coast is cool because I'm a big nerd. And then last time we were there, uh, we got to see a rocket take off from Kennedy Space Center, which was awesome. Yeah, you're a space uh, dork, so that's oh, right up your alley. I love space so much. Um, but I think that the main thing here is, if you're disappointed about that, think about the the toll it's not going to be taking on the players when they, first of all, are sharing a facility with a team that can play against, and then they're much closer to several other teams and on the same coast of several other teams. Also, if you're on the West Coast, you can watch the sunset uh, over the ocean. Really, yeah. really, really the Gulf. But it's really, it's over the ocean. It's the ocean. Uh, so there are a lot of really cool things uh, that to get from it. So I, I'm sad to see it go, but also not really. That's kind of where I am. Are yeah. you listening, or are you just uh, reading tweets? You're reading. No, tweets. I'm. I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm you're totally. I know you. You're, you're reading tweets. I'm reading a couple of tweets. Yeah, fair. Okay, that's fine. I, I want to make sure everything's going smoothly in uh, tweet land. Yes. Um, but yeah. The, it's it's going to be nice to have a nice shared facility where there are things around. I mean, West Palm Beach is beautiful. There's a ton yeah. of stuff. There's an airport there. It's going to be a lot easier for 
fans to travel. Yeah, fans and players. It's just going to be easier. Yeah. Well, it's going to be easier for us if we want to go down. (laughs) You know, you fly into West Palm Beach and you're right there instead of flying into Jacksonville or Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. I guess Miami technically, but why? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, there, there weren't a lot of great ways to get there. And, uh, the, the shared facility thing, I think is a huge advantage, especially when you think about something like how they basically how they do spring training in Arizona. That's what teams in Florida are trying to do. They're trying to do use shared facilities. They're trying to get closer together. So it's not these three hour trips for veterans in order to play two consecutive days because you have to go across the state to play two straight games because it's a home and away game back to back. Right. Um, so I think that's the big advantage of this. Uh, expect next spring training schedule to feature a whole lot of Astros. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Which which is not bad. The Astros are a good baseball team. Yes. Uh, so, you know, when you're playing good teams, and then on top of that, you're not going to be dealing with the situation the Nats deal with where one of the closer teams are the Mets. And so you end up playing the Mets a bunch of times. So not only do you play them 19 times during the season, you play them 10 times during spring training because you can't get anywhere else. You don't want to, you don't want to play your chief rival 30 times in a season, you know? So um, I think that all in all, it'll be an advantage. I look forward to seeing the new ballpark and I think it's going to be a really, uh, a really a plus uh, a plus situation at the new ballpark, uh, whatever is done. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. And apparently it's uh, not much as of right now, but they've got a whole year. Exactly. So very cool. Very cool. Exactly. Yeah. The, the thing, the thing for me that was so interesting was Mark, Mark Zuckerman tweeting out a picture of, of the, the new facility being like, yep, they're just breaking ground. It's hard to believe that they're going to be here in 10 months. Like there's no stadium. Yep. There's nothing there. Wow. Uh, but when you have baseball money, you can, you can make things happen in a short and period of time. West Palm beach money. And, and, uh, the, the learners knowing a thing or two about construction. <laughs> yeah. They kind of do. Don't they, they? Just, just one or two. I yeah, mean, just... I, I, I think that they're going to be fine. <laughs> um, okay. So that's that, right? Anything else? Nothing, nothing yeah. else on the stadium. Cause I know that something we definitely want to talk about is Michael A. Yes. Because he good. It's... He is good. Um, He's having an amazing spring. We mentioned it a little bit last week, but he's really just kept it going. Uh, He's been hitting around 500 all spring training, which is just insanity. Considering that I believe it was an off-season podcast, we talked about his ceiling being, you know, somewhere within the 270 to 280 range. And yes, it's a small sample size, but we're still looking at fifty th- plus at bats. I think I think we hit. Uh, I think we said between two sixty and two seventy. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty positive we did. Even uh, even, even worse. <laughs> and it was with the help of uh, with with Nats GM. So we're blam- we're we're blaming Ryan a little yep. bit on this. Throwing that on at Nats GM. Yes, um, but I still think that's the reasonable place for Mike Clay Taylor to be, uh, as far as as far as his ceiling, that doesn't mean that he can't overperform from time to time though, you know? Of course, of course. But um, I mean, a one month stretch is a pretty darn big stretch. Yeah. He hit uh, 458, 500, this spring in 48 ABs. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty six, good. six doubles, four homers, 
four walks, 14 strikeouts, three stolen bases. And, and the stolen bases are great, but the thing, again, with, with Michael A, is even if that bat drops off significantly, he is plus defense in center field. And that, to me, is the most important piece. Ben Revere does a fine job covering ground in center field, but he is not your, you know, during the game today, a you know, several people tweeted about the fact that Ben Revere actually threw a guy out at the plate with his noodle of an arm. And then Andrew Flax uh, from the Nats blog who was there was like, yeah, he totally did that, but he was also in super shallow center field. Yeah. So, you know, he just doesn't have that. Michael A has a cannon and he has the range and he uh, takes better routes to the ball. He's just a better center fielder. So, uh, when you can have those two guys with the ability to play center field and then give occasional days off to the reigning MVP and a, you know, a 37 year old left fielder who is coming off a very good spring, uh, especially the end of the spring, but is, is admittedly going to need a few days off here and there. I think that when you have those four outfielders, it does a, it does a really good job to shore up all the Nats issues. And, and not only that, but you have the ability to, kind of have Matt Dendecker in probably in AAA there, and he's a pretty good number five option as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think Dendecker's going to be sent down? I I can't see a way that he's not. Yeah, I agree. And we thought he was going to be an absolute lock. But, I mean, the reason we thought he was going to be an absolute lock was because he's a good player with team control. But that's why he's going to get sent down because – he has options still. Bingo. And that was the biggest thing to all the lists that I've seen about the guy, the guys that are left and, and available um, to, to be sent down with options. And that's, you know, why Tyler Moore is with the Braves right now. And it's why it's why Den Decker is going to be sent down. Uh, I think that my prediction when we said that, because I thought it was a lock that Den Decker was going to make the team, obviously, because we talked about it on the show, but I think that with Den with the options that he has and Michael A. Taylor's spring, it flipped them because I thought Taylor was going to be in AAA to start the year, to be totally honest, because I thought he was going to need the at-bats. Same. But he doesn't need the at-bats. No, it doesn't <laughs> appear that he does. Yeah. And not to say, again, it's not to say that he's going to hit 500 on the season or he's going to hit 300 on the season, but you, he also has options. So ride the hot hand now. Yeah. That sounds like a really smart decision. And I think, you know, they both revere and Taylor are capable, you know, most 99% of center fielders can play very, very well defensively in both right and left field as well. Exactly. So uh, keep both of them on the 25 man, and you're looking at eighth and ninth inning defensive replacements. Exactly. is an admittedly old school move, which Dusty Baker is an old school manager. So you could see, you know, Bryce Harper, Ben Revere, and Michael A. Taylor in the outfield at seventh and eighth inning. You know, get uh, worth out, get some rest on his legs, and you know, shore up the defense a little bit. Whereas if Michael A. Taylor even is getting into bats, I mean, he's got pop, he's got some power. Yeah, he and he's going. He has pop and power, and he has the ability to steal bases. Um, So if he can get on base, then it's going to make a huge difference obviously. And I just see him as a massive addition to the team. Uh, I just am, I am so excited 
<laughs> to see him play. I really am. Uh, it's, I, I, and I, not saying I'm not, I wasn't hot on Taylor before, but I needed to see what we've seen this spring. And I saw it. And now I'm, now I'm a little excited to see what he can do, especially as a fourth outfielder. Uh, I guess that, do you see him as a fourth outfielder? Or do you see him as the starting center fielder? I see, I think ride the hot hand. I mean, I think you kind of have to. I, I think there's no reason not to. Um, Revere, you know what kind of player he is. Um, and that bat's not going to rest, you know? Yeah, Ben Revere is He's going there. To, He's a veteran. Ben Revere is going to make contact. Yeah. He's going to make contact. He's going to hit upper 200s, low 300s. It's what he does. Um, and if you get that off the bench, that's incredibly awesome, obviously. But if you don't, if you, if you start the season and rest Michael Taylor, you risk losing everything that you've gotten over the course of the last month. So I actually agree with you. And I never thought that I would say that. Yeah. Uh, but I do actually, well, I, I definitely would thought that I would say, I agree with you because we do all the time, but I never thought that I would say that Michael A. Taylor would be, uh, I would be saying he should be the starting center fielder on opening day. And I, I think he probably should be. Yeah. I oh. like, like you said, I never thought we'd say that, but I think um, with the quality he's shown in spring, these are the kind of things you look for. And if you've got two relatively equal war style players and one's really hot right now, you got to play that one, you know? Yeah, and the other thing is the, the one thing that I didn't really think about until I said that, and I might have already changed my own mind. Ah. Um, who leads off if Michael A. Taylor is in the lineup? That's a, also a good question, and yeah. so not my problem. Yeah, that's. I'm so glad it's not my problem. Uh, I almost feel like because of the the construction, the, the construction of the lineup, Revere is better. Yeah, uh, but I don't. It's, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a surprising problem that we didn't think we would have. This is the world's best problem. Um, uh, and it just came in on Twitter. Do you think there's a chance that both of them play and Worth sits? No. I agree. <laughs> no. 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 Not on opening day. I think Worth is going to get his fair amount of days off. I think yes, we've Worth discussed is get that. One, I think he maybe needs two it, days and I think, and I think it'll make him a better player. I do too. I think I think you already see that over the spring. Look what he's done over the spring with regular days off because veterans don't play every day in the spring. I, and I think if you take that and you translate it out to the regular season, if you can get Jason Worth numbers in 120 games and he stays on the field, you're you're better off giving him scheduled time off than playing him too much, getting him hurt, and then he misses 80 games. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, I I feel like. For me, probably the the lineup that was posted, uh, I think it was today, and was supposed to play yesterday is going to be the opening day lineup. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it was Revere, Rendon, Harper, Zimmerman, Murphy, Worth, Ramos, Espinosa. I think that sounds right. And then, of course, uh, we obviously think Gott is going to be yeah, the Trevor Gott day starter. Yes. Totally going to start opening day, even yeah. though he might not make the bullpen. Yes. But <laughs> might not? It's one of those things where I think with Gott, there is going to be some level of pressure because he was the Escobar trade guy. Yeah. 
Uh, Do you but, think they would actually make a 25-man decision based on perception, though? I hope not, because when you look at what's happening in the Nationals bullpen during spring training, there are guys that are going to play for another team this year if you don't have them, and I think they should get a chance. And again, Gott is like, this is going to be his the end of his first full year of service time. He, he is extremely controllable, which is one of the things that was really nice about that deal in the first place. He's got the options available. I think you send him down, you get him time in AAA probably, um, and have a guy like, I don't know, maybe Sean Burnett. And yeah, that's exactly what I was just an opportunity. To say. I mean, that's the thing. Blake Trinan also has options. Trevor Gott has options. Whereas Sean Burnett has been next to perfect. He's been fan. He's been he's been light years better than I expected. I, I expected. Say, I don't think he's been next to perfect. He's been pretty much perfect. I expected the Sean Burnett thing to be a little bit nostalgic, but mostly end up in sadness. That you know, all of the the arm issues was actually just the death knell, and he he was done. That it was worth one last shot, but this was going to be his last little hurrah. And then he was going to come in. He was going to put up a 14 ERA in two innings or something crazy and just call it quits. But he has really done well. I totally thought the same thing. I, I, I mean, you, you just look at a guy and he, it's not like he's, he's, he's new to the league. You know, he's a guy, he's had multiple arm surgeries. Uh, he never threw hard in the first place. And then you have all of these arm surgeries, but he's, he has completely and utterly gotten the job done, uh, since he got there. I, uh, Michelle asked this question I saw, uh, and I'm, I, I, cause I'm not on my normal computer. I'm not going to be able to do a very good job of keeping track of questions. We'll have to go back at the end, but I happened to see this one about whether or not Burnett makes the team. And I, I don't see how he doesn't. Yeah. I don't see how you invite someone to big league camp and don't think that there's a, possibility of them making the roster. I don't think you do that for a player without the chance that if they do everything within their power and more, that they should be not denied that opportunity. And I think Sean Burnett has done exactly that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I don't think that there's and and that gives you three lefty options in the bullpen, probably. Uh, I mean, not probably if, if Burnett makes the team, it gives you three lefty options in the bullpen. And I don't think that could be bad. You you go back to the the Davy Johnson A B bullpen mentality, uh, and I think that's probably something that a guy like Dusty Baker would subscribe to. And that's just total guessing. But I, you know, of of a similar age and similar mentality, I think. Um, and you have a guy like uh, like Rivero who could throw late in games. A guy like Trinan who seems to be figuring it out a little bit that we always talked about who could throw late in games. Papelbon, who's going to be there, but has struggled a little bit in the spring and his velocity has been down. Um, so you give yourself extra options. And if you have two lefties in uh, Oliver Perez and um, and uh, Sean Burnett to do the loogie work, then you, give, you free up uh, Rivero to be a late inning reliever and not necessarily only play matchups, which I think could only be good because he spits hot fire. Uh, he, being, <laughs> he being Rivero spits hot fire. Yes. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I have to be honest and we're going to get into predictions, so I don't want to do too much here, but uh, coming into this, this season, I was not particularly optimistic. Um, you look at the net, the, the Mets and I, and, and they're going to be, I think, I think they are going to be good. I don't, I don't care about the spring. Um, 
but I was not feeling extremely optimistic about an aging nationals team um, and a, a bullpen that was last year's bullpen and everything else. And I think there are enough pieces and enough, enough depth there that I can look at it and go, uh, maybe. Well, I think we're seeing a better blend than expected going into the off season. Uh, we didn't have a Ben Revere who, yes, he is a veteran, but he's still relatively young um, he's not in his mid thirties or anything, uh, in terms of baseball players. Yes, that is old. Um, yeah, sure. But you've got, uh, Wilson Ramos who can see, which is a huge deal. Yeah. You've got Wilson Ramos with vision. You've got Anthony Rendon who, uh, is healthier than he ever was until June last year. Uh, you've got the MVP and Bryce Harper. And you've got Michael A. Taylor, who's lighting the world absolutely on fire. So you've got some younger talent there that's really going to keep things fresh. And you've got people like Michael A. Taylor, Matt Dendecker, uh, that can come in and, and spell Jason Worth and really help out. And then Trey Turner sitting there in the wings, uh, ready to come up at the drop of a hat, i.e. as soon as his service time is in the right place. Um so it's really not as aging as I think we want to believe because a lot of these veteran players are not your standard free agent, couple years into free agency players. You know, they're approaching free agency, but you're looking at a lot of late 20s players, late 20s veterans, yep. 30, 30-year-old 30 veterans. So very different than your standard. And certainly don't forget about Lucas Giolito, who – is there and available to come up to, to add to the, to the amazingness. So as much as it's easy to look and say, uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, things could be, uh, things could be worse than, than what the nationals have as far as depth and guys that are able to come up and, and make an impact at some point. Um, and on that note, what do you think about uh, Trey Turner's send down? Cause we, last time we spoke, I believe you were kind of talking about him making the team as a, just a speedster type guy. Yeah. I thought it was a possibility. Um, I think the, this is one of those where financial implications have come into play. hundred percent. Yeah. Because the organization sees how incredibly valuable Trey Turner actually is uh, yeah. in the long term, uh, because we've said before on the show that, he hits everywhere. It takes him a couple weeks once he arrives at a new level, but after that time, he lights the world on fire, and it's incredible. So he's had his little cup of coffee at the end of last season, and now he's here in spring training. He's hitting like a like a veteran, right. and right now I think it's just sending him down to get that service time to where he's not going to be a super two player. Well, and, and – I agree with everything you're saying, but certainly another factor in that was Brendan Ryan. I mean, it, it, Brendan Ryan's performance in, in spring training had to make an impact there because do you think there's any reason to believe at this point that Ryan's not going to make the team? No, and I think he should make the team. 100%. I mean, he's a infielder that can that can back up for Espinosa and for Daniel Murphy, and uh, he's been on fire with the bat this spring and his glove is ridiculously good. So why would you not look at Brendan Ryan and say, this is a guy that should probably make the team. And I think 
if there was any feeling that maybe Turner would have value because of speed, I think that with Ryan's performance, Brendan Ryan's performance, it basically threw the opportunity uh, out the window for, for Turner and also the ability for other players to get a lot of stolen bases during spring training made say, you know, this, this speed's going to be really good in May. We don't, we don't need this yet. And let's save an extra year of service time for right. uh, on Turner. I think the fact that the nationals are going to be running a lot uh, anyway, I think all the players are going to be running a lot. Uh, I don't think you need a designated runner yet. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's, especially early in the year. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you're. You need to do it, especially to sacrifice a year of service time on the guy that you want to play shortstop for the next five or six years for for your organization. Right. It's why you made the trade in the first place. So, but I mean, I love the Brendan Ryan pickup in the off season. I really did. I I've always loved the player. Uh, so, I think yeah. he's a great great fit, uh, and he's. Going to be another defensive replacement kind of player because you've seen him play all over the infield a little bit. So he's always been phenomenal defensively, and he's actually putting the stick behind it at least through the last month. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to make a note back on the Burnett conversation because I'm just seeing this as I'm as I'm looking through um, as as uh, special ops member Lisa says. Look at that special ops member, Lisa. Uh, already. Uh, says that there's been some rumors I, I hadn't seen this about uh, the Orioles being interested in Burnett if the Nationals decide to uh, to not tender him a contract, which which would make sense. Some team is going to pick up Sean Burnett. We know we know this to be true. I just think that team should be the Nationals. Yeah. I mean, I, I think give him the shot, and then if, if it doesn't pan out, you release him, and then another team can give him an effort. But I don't, I don't see any reason not to do that. Yeah, people would be stupid not to want him right now. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's the hot hand and everyone is always looking for bullpen depth more than anything. Yeah. So of course everyone's going to want him. Yep. And I'm sure he's better than a lot of six and sevens in other bullpens. I guarantee it. It, Oh, well, if he's healthy, he's better than most left-handed pitchers and most bullpens in baseball. I think Right. Uh, we've seen it happen, but it's just a matter of whether or not he's healthy. That's, that's the one, the one piece that we don't yet know. Uh, but I hope he is, because if he is, it uh, it will be significant. For sure. For sure. Faux show. Uh, yeah. So, are we time for predictions, or is there something else you wanted to talk about? We can do predictions real quick, and then uh, hit a couple questions. That works for me. All right, because, you, like you, I said... I totally got my predictions done in yeah. advance. I thought about them for about five minutes. And I, I'm I confess I'm trying to find an email right now from somebody we got today so we can say something and I can't find it. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and talk about your first two predictions and I'll do mine. Starting at the top or starting at the bottom? Go for it. Whatever you want. Okay. So uh, the top two uh, on my list are uh, – we're just going to start with the first one because it's going to be the same answer for both of us. Um, it's MVP. And I'm obviously Nat's MVP. Uh, it's it's Bryce Harper, and it's no one else. Yeah, duh. And so, of course, the very next one on my list is non-Harper MVP because which I thought, by the way, was a really great decision-making process on your part. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, who's your non-Harper MVP? So I actually, this is the one that I thought about, and I, I'm gonna, I don't know, I feel like I'm going for it a little bit. But I'm going to go for I think it's going to be Ryan Zimmerman. Whoa. I, I think he's just going to be like, hey, all you people. Now, 
I still think that he's going to play 120 or 130 games. But I think the impact that he's going to have during those games are going to be so monumental that I think that Harper is my second MVP. Or, I'm sorry, my that Zimmerman is my second MVP. Zimmerman's your non-Harper MVP. Yes. There we go. Um, I'm going to go right back to it. I think he's healthy this year, and I think it's going to make the world of difference, and we're going to see the player we saw in 2014 in Anthony Rendon. Yeah, I, I figured that... That, and I could have easily gone that way, and I, but I kind of guessed that you might. So I was like, oh, let me think about this a minute. So, nice. yeah. I think the health is the main thing. Who's your least valuable player on the Nationals? So the way I think about least valuable player is a regular everyday player who is low in war. That's kind of how I'm deciding to to make that category. And so I'm going to go with Ben Revere. Wow. But I could have gone about a hundred ways. I'm thinking starters. I could have gone with a bench player, but you can't, you can't guess who's going to be on the bench throughout the year. Um, So I'm going to go with Ben Revere because I think, I think that he's not going to get enough playing time. And I think that his average is going to be good, but it's going to be a whole lot of singles and um, he's going to hit, you know, 295 or something like that. But that's going to be it, and it's going to it's going to equal like half a win or something. And okay. I think that's why I'm going to put him there. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I actually uh, he was my number two uh, for least valuable player. Uh, I'm going to actually go with Wilson Ramos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> he was your number two. Just go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, Wilson. I think it's all based on to what we've seen with him before and injuries, injuries, injuries. I just don't think he's got it in him to stay healthy and the backup situation is not ideal (laughs) for catching. So I, I think it's going to be Ramos and I think there's such excitement around him right now because he can see, which is wonderful, but I really just don't think he's going to be able to stay healthy enough to get it done. Yeah. So I played with that idea a lot and I think that, um, Ramos is going to get a lot of starts, and I think that's going to be to his disadvantage. I think that Ramos and Lobatone should basically be splitting starts at this point um, because I think they're about on par as far as value to the team. I think Ramos's bat is a little better, and his defense is, is quite a bit worse. And I think that uh, Lobatone's bat is a little bit worse, but his defense is supremely better. Nice. Um, so I think that you know maybe Ramos gets four starts a week and Lobotone gets three, you know, something like that, or three and three if it's a six game week. Yeah. But I would like to see that and I don't think that's gonna happen. And I think no. and I think that's to Wilson Ramos's disadvantage. Because I think that he could be a lot fresher otherwise. Um so I would have had Ramos pretty high on my list, honestly. Uh, but again trying to trying to pick a, a couple of different ones. Um, okay, so moving on, uh, we got uh, Cy Young. Mm. Nationals, Cy Young. Go, you go ahead. I'm gonna. I just remembered that we said we were gonna actually write these down and put them. Oh, I've so got them. I've now. got them, dude. I'm on it. You're you're writing down what we're saying. Yes. Oh, good for you. Amen, yeah. brother. Dude. So Cy Young and Steven Strasburg. Okay. Well, I thought I was going to go, but all right. Fine. Sorry. I just, I, I, I jumped in there. Goodness but gracious. I'm, I'm excited. I want to watch him pitch. He's very good. He's never gotten enough credit for what he was during his five years of service time with the nationals. And uh, it's, 
Steven Steven Strasburg is going to win this the team Cy Young for sure, wow. and he's going to he's going to finish top five in the National League Cy Young. Wow! Boom! Nice. Wow! What about yours? You're a dick. <laughs> Why? Because you're the same one. You totally stole my thunder on that. Well, I've been talking about this for quite a while now. Well, I'll, I'm actually going to take it one step further. He's your NL Cy Young Award winner. Wow! Strasburg. God. So you're saying you are you are saying live on this show and for the recorded people listening that Steven Strasburg is going to be out, beat out Clayton Kershaw for the Cy Young. Yes, live to take away. Wow, God, it's, we almost went an episode without one. Yeah, so good. It's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> no, I I am saying that uh, he is going to have a monster year. He is going to be disgustingly good, and he is going to blow everyone out of the water. So, yes, you're uh, not just your Nat Cy Young, but your NL Cy Young, Steven Strasburg. Okay, who's your Cy Terrible? <laughs> I love how you Cy Terrible. Uh, <clears throat> so, are you looking... Uh, I, 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 what? Just go. Just do it. Just There's no couching it. Just whatever oh, you gotta, interpret it as, dude. I got to think about it. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and name mine. Okay. I think it's going to be Tanner Roark. Yeah, okay. Um, and I know that's tough because he's really a number four starter and you really shouldn't expect that much, but I really don't think it's going to be good. And I don't think he's going to be in the rotation come mid season. You think it's going to be that bad? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he had one, two really good years and last year was a regression to which he will not recover. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Jonathan Papelbon. Ooh. And because by all accounts, his statistics last year were solid. They were. They absolutely were. Um, and, I, you know, I have I am not the Papelbon detractor that some are by any stretch. Um, I just think that there are enough factors happening between the, the offseason drama, and I'm not sure if he cares about it, but just an aging arm that's moved around a little bit that doesn't quite throw the fire that he used to throw. You know, he throws hard, but not as hard as he used to. And is he able to make the adjustments to have people not freak out? And I don't know. I don't know that that's going to be possible. So I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I could have easily gone with Roark or Ross, uh, but I, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm yeah. And I'm going to go with uh, Papelbon mostly because I'm really not sure who the rest of the bullpen is going to look like. <laughs> So I, uh, it's hard to make that prediction without without knowing what the rest of the bullpen is going to look like. Okay, so you got Cy Terrible, you're Papelbon, and I'm Roark. Yes. Not Roark. Roark, not Roark. Okay, cool. Um, who's your surprise player for the year? Who is – I mean, really, who's go- who do you think is going to surprise you? Um, hmm. Gio Gonzalez. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, so – I th- I've thought for a long time that Gio has got a bad rap. He he's one of those guys, high strikeout guy, but but a lot of walks. His strikeout to walk ratio is not all that great. He's been working with Mike Maddox during the spring to figure that out. He uh, James Wagner in the Post wrote a great piece about his um, about his new. He, in his 2012 year, Gio was when he finished third in the Cy Young voting. Gio was joking around. He was laughing a lot. He, you know, was messing around. And after that, he got real serious and he got really angry when things weren't going well. And I think that in that post, it talked about really well how Gio, you know, is is working with Mike Maddox to kind of get more calm. And you know, he's about to have a kid. I think he's going to get that kind of you know 
boost because the the line from the, the article that he's been saying to himself when he's getting too amped up is feed the family. And I think that that is a really, a really good way of him to not get too jacked up on the mound. And I think that he's going to return not to 2012 form because that was insane, but I think he's going to return to the, you know, be at the form that he was expected to be at when the Nationals acquired He's going to be one of the better number three pitchers in baseball. Uh, top two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely think that. Okay, that's awesome. I like that. That's a really good pick. I'm Thank really, you. I'm really happy with that. And I think uh, him having a child is going to help him tremendously. So It's almost like you're speaking from experience. Yeah, I, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, my surprise player of the year is solely ignorance-based. Yeah. Uh, which is where pretty much everything I ever have said in my entire life comes from. Uh, I think it's Daniel Murphy. He, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he's a really good player offensively. Um, and I think he's – no one really knows what to expect because – Yeah, he he's coming in from a, from a weirdly – to a weirdly mixed set of expectations. Yes, like, because he had – he has been one of the better second basemen offensively in baseball for quite some time because – Second base is not a position of power in baseball at all. Yet and he doesn't he hit for, how, for power, really, but he also has a career average in the 280s. Yes, so and he, he also had one of the craziest postseason series that anyone's ever seen. Yeah, he was, he was insane. So he is coming from a weird place, and I know he's from a division rival, but – we did not get a chance to really see him outside of those games because I'm sure no one voluntarily watched a Mets game because that would be awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that people are going to be surprised by how consistently quality he is on offense. So I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. That's a good pick. That's a I like that pick as well. Good pick. Nice. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so we are to the final two. We are at the win-loss record and the how will the Nets season end? Oh, God, I hate that you do this. Um, So win-loss, I'm going to say, uh, oh, boy. Uh-huh. <coughs> oh, God. I'm going to say... 90 and 72. Okay. Uh, hopefully I did that math right. I'm pretty sure I did. You did. Um, and I'm going to say the Nationals... Uh, uh, f- fuck it. They lose the World Series. Wow. Yeah. Two. Oh, two. Well, uh, I'm, Houston, just, I'm just saying. The Houston Astros. Whoa! I love it. That's awesome. Okay, I'm at 91 and 71, so I'm right there with you. I think they will finish second in the uh, NL East Yep. Um, by, like, a game or two. It's yep. going to be super close, super tight, down to the wire. And I think, uh, sadly, it's going to be another first-round exit. Uh, I think they're going to win the wild-card game. We've, we've totally switched roles on this. I think they're going to win the wild card game. I think they're going to lose to the World Series champion Chicago Cubs. Nice. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. You I mean, just, you just said it. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. Wow. I think they're going to be a juggernaut. When, when Michael Frazier comes back, it's not my fault, man. Yeah, that's okay. Don't uh, jinx it. 
No, I just I think that they're going to win the wild card, but I don't think they're going to be able for, to get past the Cubs. For the record, I also think the Nationals win the wild card. I, I think they finish second in the division. Yeah. No, I think I think I think the Mets, like you said, win ninety one or ninety two or something, like two one or two more than the Nationals. But I think they win the wild card and, and take it all the way to the World Series. Yeah, because momentum, baby. Mo, big Mo, the big Mo. Shoe money tonight. God, we got two. Yeah, we we've got two. I love it. Uh, it was, that was it. That was the last two, right? That was the last two. We're uh, done with that. Uh, we've got some other good questions. We have some really good questions. I, before we hit the questions, I, I do want to do a shout out for one thing. We got a, an awesome email um, this week and I want to kind of do a tease here at the end of next month. So at the end of April, uh, we plan on having Jake Russell on the podcast for an interview. Um, he has written a book, uh, 100 things nationals fans should know and do before they die. That comes out uh, in April. So April we're going to get that book. Yeah. April 15th on tax day. So we're going to get that book. We're going to give it a read. And uh, then we're going to have Jake on for, for a little interview here on the show. So uh, we'll give you that information as it comes along. But we, we talked about the end of April, maybe. Um, so we'll, we'll, once we have details on that, hopefully it comes through. And uh, we'll be able to let you all know. But we're pretty excited about that. And uh, we'll look forward to reading the book. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're like, like we said uh, earlier, we're really trying to grow this show. And we want to grow it with you. And these are the kind of things that we hope to do more of in the future. We're going to you know, have some special interviews with some people like this that might not get the publicity that they deserve uh, for things that matter to Nats fans that, that should matter to Nats fans and baseball fans. So absolutely, uh, we're really looking forward to be able to do more of that with your support. So we can't do it without you guys. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, so uh, let's see uh, if we got some other questions. You got one queued up, Joe? I do not. I'm going to try and get back to the beginning of my uh, list that's been okay, um, kind of bananas at the moment. So so if Ramos and Lobatone are struggling, this is from WK side of Nats. Uh, oh, should yeah, we I, expect to see uh, Spencer Kaboom or Severino? So I'd love to see Spencer Kaboom because of his baking ability. However, um, I, I don't think there's any way that barring a serious injury, we see either of those guys this year. Uh, Wilson Ramos becomes a free agent at the end of this year. And Lobotone is under team control through next year. So I think you could be looking at a situation where one of those guys plays a, for a backup role next season. Uh, but barring injury, I don't think that even, even with struggles that we'll see either of those guys this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think you might see a September call up. I think that would be the max probably. Yeah, I think that. I, well, yeah, September call up. I I don't really even count that to be honest. Yeah, because, significant because time. No it doesn't. It doesn't time. count. It doesn't count against service time. So I don't really count it. Um, Alexander asks, uh, "How many games does Worth play and predict major stats?" Uh, we kind of hit on this a little bit, and he asked the same question for Zimmerman. Uh, I think Worth uh, hundred to one hundred and ten games. Yeah. Okay. Um, with rest, I don't think there's there might be a 15 day DL stint at some point, um, but I think all of us would like a 15 day DL stint at some point. Um, Amen. I, think, I don't know. I'm I'm blanking on the stats, but I think he's going to have better stats than last year. So I'll say that at least. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say 120. I've said it a, a billion times. So 120 games for worth. Um, I think. Uh, t- 
280-ish on the average, 340-ish on the on-base, and uh, let's call it uh, 17 home runs. Nice. So Awesome. Uh, and same question for Zimmerman? Same question for Zimmerman. I think Zimmerman, I think I already said, I think he's going to play a good 140-plus. You, you did say that. Yeah, I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to be healthy, and it's going to be – uh, a big difference for the Nationals club this year. I think his presence in the lineup uh, and in the clubhouse makes a huge difference. And I think that's what's going to get the Nationals fighting right down to the end for the division. Yeah, I th- good call. Uh, yep. I, I, I don't remember what I said on, on Zimmerman, but I'm going to say 125, 130 games uh, for Zimmerman. And I think... Uh, Let's say 275, uh, 350 on base and a, uh, and 25 home runs. I think, I think he's going to get his power. 25. Nice. I think he's going to get his power stroke back this year. Um, if he's going, if if he can land on that foot, I think it'll help, uh, playing the Braves, Marlins and Phillies as many times. No doubt about it. It's definitely, (laughs) definitely going to hurt playing the Mets and their pitching staff though. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, this one from Steph Bully Nats. Which new beer at Nats Park will you drink first? They are a Budweiser park now. So yes. will you be drinking Bud Light Lime with Beth and Stephanie? I will I will be going to the uh to the lovely D- local DC brew counter <laughs> still this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I will I will most likely be doing the same. Although is... I if someone wants to buy me a Bud Light Lime, I will drink the Bud Light I, Lime. You know what? Me too. There we go. There you go. Because I'm not, you know, I, you know, I would drink a Bud Heavy probably. Oh, Bud Heavy! I've got one in my fridge right now. Nice Bud Heavy. Uh, Josh, our 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 voiceover specialist, asks uh, best surprise from spring training. I think we kind of hit that, but I want to bring it up anyway. Um, I, it has to be Michael A. for me. Uh, Sean Burnett for me. Oh, good one, good one. Yeah. I I could go that way too. Yeah, both of those we covered. Just- Completely unexpected, so. Yeah, good call. Um, uh, here I am once again, fat kid talking about food and drink uh, from Jonathan Fang. Oh, I said, uh, I new food one. options, most notably dumplings. John Fang would say dumplings. <clears throat> uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the new food options if you saw the new food options? Uh, I saw the food options, and I got to tell you, I know that it's probably not going to look like that, but the hot dogs – Oh, hot dogs. The hot dogs look amazing. So I want to house one of those uh, on opening house day. all four. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, what about you? I First off, rest in peace, hard times. Yeah, that's a that's – a, they're making a lot of wholesale changes at the park this year. Yes, Some they good. Are. A lot um, of good, let's be honest. And I honestly can't remember anything else after that because I was kind of sad. Um, let's see what else. There, were, there was that. There was the Very large Shake Shack. Yeah, I don't care about Shake Shack that much. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's I, I I'm kind of with you, honestly. Um, I don't know. I everything. The hot dogs look good. So, I'll, dumplings are delicious. Obviously. So I literally laughed out loud loudly uh, when you did that, but I had it on mute because I was also blowing my nose, so it was a really weird sound. <laughs> <laughs> that was bizarre. Yes. Uh, Lauren the animal, I just have to give this shout out because uh, she's talking about space. So high five space dorks used to live in Vieira 
uh, before the Nats got there and was coolest part for for her, then I think that probably would be for me too. Going to baseball games and going to rocket launches would be pretty awesome. Space. Yes. You love uh, space. Uh, Michelle wants to know, uh, I'm sorry, a special ops member Michelle wants to know best impression impression of the bullpen overall. Uh, different, but I think today is a pretty good indication of the quality. Uh, they just dominated the Mets in a bullpen day. Dusty effectively managed matchups too. Uh, I think that's going to be the key, uh, getting the new relievers into their newly defined roles. Uh, I think is going to make a big difference. So once that gets settled, uh, we're definitely going to see a better bullpen than last year. Oh yeah. Well, it's hard to be much worse. And I know by the stats that they were about average and whatever, but it was just a, a a cluster F every time they went out there. So uh, I think that it certainly will be more solid. And I think they have more solid pieces to go to if things don't go as well. Um, So I I think that it's going to be in better shape. I would, if, if there was a number that I could put on it, I would say, uh, or a letter grade, I'm sorry, that I would put on the Nationals bullpen going to this year. I, I would say very, very, very solid B. Nice. Uh, going in, going into the year. Not, you know, not trying to pretend to be plus or an A, but I think a very solid B. Yeah. Um, Will, who I, give me a second here. Yeah, Will also, uh, uh, Special Ops member Will asks, uh, any, any chance uh, Revere plays left, Taylor in center, and Harp right? I, I we think, already answered that one. Yeah, but I I just want to reiterate with some level of frequency that will happen a couple times a week, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, certainly a few times a month. Uh, I think it's going to be a good situation. For sure. Oh, uh, show. I th- and I think that's a... That, when, with Revere and left and Harper and right, uh, with Taylor and center would turn into a, a pretty plus level defensive outfield. Uh, so I think that would be good. For sure. Uh, scrolling through the list, scrolling through the list. Hopefully I'm not missing anything. Scrolling through the list. Look at that. Scrolling through the list. Oh, uh, Will also asks, should we, uh, expect regression or advancement from Joe Ross? Uh, I expect advancement. I've got regression on that one. Ooh. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think sophomore slump is, 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 uh, very possible for a guy like Ross. Don't think he's going to be bad all year, but I think that, uh, he was so good until he got that dead arm period at the end of last year. I think that there's a legit chance he, uh, ends up having some, some trouble. Nice. Uh, I think him working with Maddox and being in the bigs and not up and down or anything like that is going to help. Uh, and I think he's going to be fantastic. Yes, and uh, Lisa just offered to buy us both Bud Light uh, limes this year, so looks like that's happening. Take you up on it. Yes, indeed. Uh, any other thoughts or comments before we wrap up this uh, really fun and awesome episode of Nats Talk on the Go? Um, let's see. Once again, please go to our website, natstalkonthego.com. Go to the special ops, uh, join if you can, donate something if you can't be a special ops member. Uh, please rate us on iTunes, of course. If you're having issues with signing up via PayPal for the monthly or anything like that, please, 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 please reach out to us on Twitter and tell us you're having problems and we will get you sorted out as best as possible because if you're willing to give us money, we will bend over in 15 different directions, yoga style. Absolutely. 
to uh, help you give us money. Absolutely. And, and, or if email is easier, Joe at the natsblog.com. Uh, more than happy to, uh, more than happy to help out in any way that we can. We appreciate it. And I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Michelle, Will, Lisa, and Beth, the first four special ops uh, members. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And you guys are taking us well on the way to our, uh, to our goal of covering costs. Uh, yes. uh, so we can get to the point where we could actually give some money to a great cause like the National Youth Baseball Academy. Yes. And uh, I don't believe we mentioned it. Uh, anyone that gives anything, anything at all, if you give us a dollar, not a dollar a month. If you give us one dollar, we will thank you on the podcast. We promise. Without a question. You are choosing to give us money that you've earned in some way, and we are very appreciative. So, yeah, any money at all that you are willing to give us uh, on uh, on our website, we would really appreciate it. And uh, just so you know, the, the contribute, whether it's for special ops or anything else, is under the special ops page. So all of the contribute stuff is there. If that if that changes, we will let you know. But uh Again, thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. One one hell of a day for the podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you all after, probably after the baseball season starts. Yes, we will. I would hope maybe Tuesday on the off day. Hey, that, that sounds like it might be, a, might be a good plan. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone, so much. Thanks for listening to Nats Talk on the go. For more information, check us out on the web at www.natstalkonthego.com or contact the guys at Nats Talk on the Go on Twitter. If you like what you heard, take a minute to rate the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Go Nats!